0: If you type GTI into Chrome search engine, most of the first references are to the Volkswagen Golf. Now, GTI stands for Grand Touring Injection. It was first started in 1961 with the Maserati 3500 GTI. Uh, That was really a two-door sports car, more in the line of sort of an Aston Martin. But in 1976... Volkswagen launched the Golf GTI, which was the beginning of the trend of the GTI, meaning a hot hatch. Now, Peugeot has had their 205 GTI they brought out in 1984, a great cult car, and a number of car makers have used the moniker. Now, Peugeot also has the 308 GTI now, along with the 208, the latest version of their small, small hot hatch, uh, and they have a similar approach, but I think they are feel different in some important ways. On overdrive, we had an initial drive of both Peugeot cars. Now we have had them for a week. The 208 GTI starts at just over 35000 to get it on the road, including all dealer costs. And the 308 starts at about $50,000 to get it on the road. To help us discuss the cars, on the line I have independent motoring commentator Brent Davidson. Brent, the 205 uh, Peugeot GTI, it really was a great, uh, and is a great cult car, isn't it? Oh,
1: David, it was a sweetheart. It was such a sweetheart. I remember remember that car well. It it was a a head turner, um, and it just did nice things. And uh, when you opened the doors, I remember the test car I had, uh, the interior was red and black, and my wife nicknamed it Postmodernist Brothel. And I thought, that's just (laughs) lovely. That that says a whole lot about this car. (laughs) And it was just a fun thing to drive. And Peugeot has managed to bring that same element of fun into these, these latest range of cars. Now, I've got to tell you that when it comes to that fun factor, I'll put my two bobs worth on the 208, but when I want a car that does uh, serious touring, I would plump for the 308 any time.
0: Yes, because GT used to be grand touring, luxury, sort of uh, Bentley, uh, elegant, uh, again, a sexist comment of, you know, gentlemen in the Britain touring through the countryside, but GT has become much more sport and, and engine performance. And GTI, of course, has become hot hatch. Now the engine in these are very similar. In fact, they're the same, aren't they? Well, you were saying
1: pretty much. I mean, we have a 1.6 litre turbocharged petrol engine, capacity 1,598 ccs, bore and stroke 77 millimetres by 85.8 millimetres, and they're the same dimensions in both the 208 and the 308 GTI uh, trio. We'll call it the trio. We'll get that in a minute. So theoretically, your 147 kilowatt 208 could be could be tuned up to run 200 kilowatts, that you get in the in the full house 308 yeah. GTI.
0: Now I was talking to the guy the other day who runs an engineering company and whose uh, boss was a lover of things called the, the the Delorean, as from Back to the Future fame. Uh, and we were talking about uh, this is how in the past young kids would get grease under their fingernails adjusting carburettors. He said, he said, you know, well, what's a uh, spanner? What's a, a a screwdriver? From my point of view, what I do is I adjust the technology on the car and uh, you know the the things like the computer chip and so uh, things have changed a lot and here's a classic example At the base the the 208 how much horsepower would that have well Kilowatts.
1: Okay, kilowatts there, uh, 147 at 5,500. So it, it develops its power at a not too high a number. Uh, torque, this is, the, this is the nice thing. 275 newton metres of torque, but it's at 1,700. So the thing is barely above idle, and it's got maximum pulling power, which I find quite attractive. I mean, we, we always talk about power, but the real thing we want under our, under our uh, right foot is, is the torque output. No torque, yeah. no yeah. go.
0: I used to define talk a bit like a draft horse and power a bit like a racehorse, that's but that's a, that, that's that's a little bit simplistic. But yeah, it's that sort of deep down pulling power that uh, you really want, particularly if you're overtaking, for example. Absolutely, and, and David,
1: simplistic. I'm a simple man, so there you go. <laughs>
0: Now the 308 actually comes in two power forms, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: this this gets a little bit sort of what the hell. But um, we we have the GTI 250, and now the 250 is the the uh, the French horsepower, so PS designation. Sorry to be confusing. This car develops 184 kilowatts at 6,000 RPM, 330 newton-metres at 1,900 RPM. Then we go to the GTI 270, 20 more horsepower. What that actually means is 16 more kilowatts, so 200 kilowatts at the same 6,000 RPM and the same 330 newton-metres at 1,900 RPM. So, so we're getting a uh, basically um, a performance boost
0: straight up. Well, in fact... What you're getting there is Commodore power in a Corolla-sized vehicle.
1: Yeah, a little bit scary, isn't it? But, uh, but, but extremely manageable because um, Peugeot, as as the Europeans are want to do, have gone for the holistic approach and not just said, look, let's just shove the biggest donk we can find or the most powerful donk we can find under the bonnet and leave the rest alone. They've, they've basically worked this thing from the top down so that you get the, the well-tuned suspension, the good brakes, the the big wheels and the 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 best tyres you know they've they've worked it all the way through so it's an entire package and and that's a nice thing I mean look Peugeot is not alone in doing this but the fact is that you know we we know it's happening across the range these days you don't just go and buy this lead sled
0: yes indeed I I did find that uh, the bigger car was uh, a, a more stable car. I'm not saying that the other was unstable. I'm just saying that it, it, it drove a little bit more smoothly. It got a surge of power, which was lovely. Uh, but the, the 208, just a little bit almost skaty. The one that you had to think harder about controlling, I think. Uh, not bad. Not, I'm not saying dangerous or anything like that. But certainly the bigger car, I I, I felt, was... The more grand touring, and I think, as you said at the beginning, that was the one you drive on a longer distance.
1: Well, exactly. And look, I think the reason for this is simply dimensional. The the bigger car, the uh, the 308 or 308, is is 4,253 millimeters long, and 1,804 millimetres wide, whereas the smaller car, the, the 208, is 3,962 millimetres long and 1,739 millimetres wide. So we have a, a bigger a bigger body width and length, which means that the wheelbase is longer, the suspension, the the uh, wheel tracks, the the width of the the suspension, what have you, axles is is wider. So the car has a much more planted feel. Plus, you add a bit of uh, weight, a couple of hundred kilos. In weight and and that sort of starts to balance the package out. So, you know, in, that that's why we have the extra power in the bigger car because we we need just that little bit extra to move that bit of extra mass. So we the, the bigger car is a, is a smoother package to drive, um, which means the 208 is a lot of fun and a great great thing to have on a motorcar or a, a nice twisty country road somewhere if you if, if if you're that way inclined, of course.
0: <laughs> no, well, of course, to use these, you've really got to go to track days and uh, to enjoy, as you suggest. Uh, it really does, uh, I think the smaller one, does take me back to some of the earlier versions in that sense. They both come with manual transmissions, don't they?
1: Yeah, look, that's a nice thing. It's, um. yeah, you... Y- <laughs> You, you can have a, a GTI with an automatic and I'm sure in Sydney and Melbourne and, and Paris and what have you, that's a nice thing, but yeah, there is something really, really special about a short throw gearbox and a, a clutch that's a bit a bit like a, a light switch that's sort of like on and off and, and, and you can really get into the whole sporting nature of the thing.
0: Yeah, I found it lovely to drive, just enjoyable to drive and it's nice to get a manual transmission which are not uh, dominant by any means. Certainly automatics uh, do that. Of course, the bigger one, the 308, is a five-door, and the, the little 208 is only a three-door. In fact, uh, that's where it can differ from uh, its competition. Uh, the smaller one uh, it competes with things like uh, the Volkswagen Polo. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, and, and the Polo is a, a straight-up-and-down five-door. And in terms of reality, yeah, I think I'd like to have the extra doors in the back.
0: But, you know. Yeah. Well, again, it depends on where you're coming on. And I think that's why they are distinctively different in many ways. Uh, that, you know, perhaps I'm getting old and conservative, but the bigger one, the 308, gives me that balance and that function, you know, given that we want to throw the 15 year old in the back of, uh, periodically. Perfect. Uh, uh, mm, uh, <coughs> Sorry, David.
1: Uh, and yeah, it, look, and, and, and here's a, a really practical thing. We're talking about throwing 15-year-olds in the backs of cars and putting the groceries in and the whole thing. Fuel consumption. Fuel consumption numbers. The the average for the uh, bigger car, 6 litres per 100 in both guises. The average for the smaller car, get this, 5.9 litres per 100.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as you say, a couple of... You know, hundred or so kilograms more—that's significant. And to do that, and more power—that—that's that, interesting, isn't it? That they achieve that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but the thing Amazing. is, with the extra weight and the extra size, the the bigger car is not significantly thirstier. You you would you would hardly notice it on a on a cross country drive.
0: The thing that I didn't like about the bigger car was that the taco read in the reverse direction. It went anti-clockwise. David, you're being a bit touchy,
1: my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I do well, know, okay. I, 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 Look, I can agree with you, and I... <laughs> I I did find the same thing and it is just that little annoying. Of course, you get used to it within, you know, by the time you finish the drive and and you get back into the car for the next drive, yes, you know how it's all going to work. But, but yes, the, the, the 208 I think goes from, from left to right. And the, the the 308 goes from right to left, if I recall
0: correctly. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's, our problem of only having a car for a week and, and uh, not getting used to it as uh, uh, that. But uh, as you say, um, it, it, uh, it does it stand out? It, it, it's got badges on it. Uh, it's the looks and the feel of the car... Is it more for the driver than for the show of the people looking at
1: it? Yeah, and look, this is a European thing, I think, apart from if you buy a Ferrari or a Porsche, of course, but a, a, an AMG, Mercedes-Benz, uh, a BMW, M car, you know, uh, even the Audi RSs. You, you have to have a second look. You have to almost be a bit of a train spotter uh, to, to pick it. Rather than just say, oh, there's a a nice Benz, you know, nice Benz with some some serious wheels on it. You actually have to look and find this. And and the French have a similar approach. You don't find any terribly, terribly uh, overt French performance cars. I mean, Peugeot has done something by painting this car, uh, certain models of it with a uh, half black and half red or whatever, and which I find a little bit tacky personally. But, but other than that, no, you, you walk past this car in the street and, and not really pick it.
0: Mm, yeah, it is really a getting for the perfectionist more than the show off.
1: Yeah, well it also um to me it says uh it it's it's almost a, a, an anti theft device because it's it doesn't become it, it doesn't stand out as a as a desirable car for uh, for for the uh hoon to knock off.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah that uh, uh yeah, it's not a, an in your face looking sort of car yet it is one that performs well. Do you like it inside, comfortable?
1: Yeah, look, I am on record as saying I believe that the French make the best seats in the world when it comes to cars, and I, and I don't pull back from that with this, that they've made this thing to fit you, both of these things, all three of these things, in fact, they've made them to fit the people who are going to drive them. You, you, you drop into one of these cars, the seat gives you a bit, of a bit of a cuddle, you put your hand out, the gear stick is exactly where you want it to, you adjust the wheel to the exact position that you want, pedals a little bit tiny on the 208 but other than that you know and everything kind of fits well yes there's a couple of little idiosyncrasies as you say that the taco in one reads reads left to right to <laughs> the right to left or whatever and, and and there are a couple of little things like that but generally yes this, this is a car that 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 you like to wear.
0: Yeah I found the, the 208 just a little hard to get uh, the steering wheel just so I could see the dials as clearly as I might. Nonetheless, I it was some of its competitors, a smaller one. We uh, have the Golf Polo, but also not using the GTI badge, but things like the Focus ST,
1: yeah,
0: uh, or, or, or even the Fiesta ST from Ford. Yeah, look, um, it's, a,
1: it's a it's a big market when hot hatches. They are, you know, it. They're not huge sellers, but, but they're very popular with, with a, a, you know, a certain uh, audience. And, and yes, there is, there is good, healthy competition in the marketplace.
0: And a hero brand, uh, well, hero car for the brand.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Every, every brand needs its halo, and um, <clears throat> these ones do it very nicely to Peugeot.
0: Mm, indeed. Brent, lovely to talk to you. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate your time greatly. David, it's always my pleasure. It's Brent Davidson, uh, who is an independent uh, motoring commentator, is also very, very good at uh, writing and proofreading a, a particular material.